Welcome to Internal Review. I'm Adam Vitcavage, a writer whose work has appeared in Pace Magazine, Volume 1 Brooklyn, The Millions, All Things Go, and a few other pop culture websites. Before I get started on today's episode, I want to highlight this instrumental music I'm using right now. It's a version of Frogtown by my good friend Liam McCormick, who records under the name Yellowbird. And remember, Yellowbird has three Ds at the end. He's currently raising funds to help record his new album, You're Already in Paradise. You can go to yellowbird.com donate to help with this awesome project. There's a lot of cool things you can get for donating. A t-shirt, poster, stickers. You can also get the album when it comes out. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Just check it out, yellowbird.com donate. Today's episode is with Tony Ruland. He used to be in a band called The Lonely Forest based out of Washington. They were pretty big for a while there, and then a few years ago the band broke up. Since then, Tony has just been writing and working on things, and he has a new project out called Soft Sleep. You know I hate long intros, so let's just do this. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Good. Just, uh, you know, hanging out here in Edmonds, Washington. Oh, yeah. How's, uh, I... I live in Phoenix, and so far on the podcast, I have asked numerous people how the weather is, and I realize that's really boring. But how's the weather up there? <laughs> uh, actually, we just had a pretty hot summer, honestly. Um, it started getting really... The weather's been crazy. It's been like raining today. It was like hail. Oh, jeez. Uh, but no, no, I'm really into it. I'm totally over summer. I actually really like hot weather, but I'm officially sick of it. Yeah, yeah it, I'm. I want rain and like typical. What like when people imagine Northwest, like that's what I want. No, definitely. I am over the desert heat of Phoenix, but we'll move on and not talk about weather because that is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I kind of just want to talk about your time in Lonely Forest just a little bit, not too much, but more so what sure. it's what it's like to be, um, in a band when you're not necessarily like the front man who's writing the majority of things like what is what is your role or what is the role of um you know just like a guitarist or bassist or drummer when it's sure yeah can i just talk about that yeah, like what okay. your role was in the band uh well so lonely forest was like very much a cooperative kind of thing oh, cool. where usually um you know i guess technically i played lead guitar in the band mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it uh you know, we we were like truly a garage band in that our whole career we played in the same garage, like regardless of how well or bad things were going. Um, but usually, you know, like me or John uh, just brought like chord structures to practice and sort of let everyone do what they will from there. Uh, you know, I guess we all have our like, or had our opinions of what each other do, but mostly just making sure everyone's having fun and it feels like they're contributing because it's no fun it, working in a dictatorship. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we've had songs that have gone that way, you know, uh, probably for me, definitely from other people where like you have way too specific of an idea what you want. But often my favorite parts were like having that redigested by someone else. Cause you know, it's almost, it's like holding a painting too close to your face where, like, you forget what you're even looking at and you need to pull it away and see the big picture. So, uh, yeah, that, that being said, I, I'm i actually very 
shy person, even though I often was the guy who talked the most in the band. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe was like uh, the most hyperactive on stage, which is like not at all a representation of my personal life. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've actually, I really enjoy not being the front man because I, I would freak out. I yeah. can't handle that. Uh, too much attention. And also, the thought of singing terrifies me. So you prefer kind of just to be writing the music and enjoying just outside of the spotlight? Yeah, no, I want to be able to play guitar and just have fun and not worry about the rest. Uh, it's even like at the peak of the only force doing pretty well, I would get, I don't know, it would get uncomfortable. Like, you know, you just want to like, I mean, not that we were ever famous, but like still you go to the mall and like, you know, some teenage kids would recognize you or like want to take a picture or something. And I can't even imagine what the discomfort is of being an actual front man in yeah. a band that actually does well. No, for sure. And like, that's part of why I kind of really was into talking to you. Um, the like Lonely Forest, yeah, you're right. It was a like a a big indie band for what it was, you know. And I kind of just wanted. Yeah, to... no, I mean, oh, go on. Oh, no, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, like, we definitely had our success and mm -hmm. did our thing, but we, I, you know, when you end up touring with bands like Death Care for Cutie and Portugal the Man and stuff, where you're just like, it makes you feel like you are just uh, 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 just made us feel very small, yeah. <laughs> but in a good way. You know, we're like, wow, that that's some somewhere you could go maybe mm -hmm. if you're lucky so like what i want to ask is where does a guitarist go after like a band who reached your level breaks up like what happens next for someone like you what was the uh, reboot process like well at first i kind of freaked out mm -hmm. <laughs> i had a bit of an existential crisis because you know i was in that band for 10 years yeah exactly yeah 2004 to 2014 so 10 years um and i guess got sort of used to yeah i don't know like you know we have like managers and business managers mm -hmm. and lawyers and booking agents and it's something you get used to things being done for you but you used to having this like network of people and then we so abruptly called it quits Mm -hmm. that there was a few months where I was like, what the hell am I going to do or what am I doing? And that quickly led to, uh, with the push from a, a few friends, I realized I was sitting on a bunch of material that I cared too much about to not do something with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I guess I probably had like a month or two of like grieving process. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, you're... 30 years old and you spent all your time and energy on this you quit school like this is you're pretty far into it man <laughs> you know like, where do you where do you go next yeah and uh i so i just started booking studio time with uh people that i trust and love and that are close friends and, and my original idea and I, maybe we'll talk more about this later but my first thought with soft sleep was that it was going to be a constantly rotating cast. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I might just like have someone different sing on everything. And just sort of like the only cohesive thread being that I would just keep 
writing all the guitar parts and bass the songs off of that. Yeah. But the first round went so well that we all sort of just agreed to make it a a band. Definitely. Uh, and and I haven't been you know I realize that we've only put out that seven inch and I don't even think that seven inch is a great representation of what the record sounds like. Um, I'm probably skipping from thought to thought right now. No, I love it. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, I just, it instantly clicked and it made me not, it, I dropped that theory really quick because I, like to backtrack even more, I grew up, you know, subscribing to the sub pop singles club, which was a seven inch series. And every month you got a different seven inch. That was a different band. And there was always a song that had been on a record or like, you know, a B side that you had never heard or mm-hmm. something. And so I thought it could be like a series and I was actually considering starting my own label, and then th- this group of people just made so much sense that I, I let go of that idea, and we just started tracking a foreign. Cool, yeah. And you brought in uh, Eric Walters from Silver Torches, a band up in the Northwest, and he's uh, he's yeah. a singer for it now, right? Then. Yes. Uh, yeah. Eric is a, an absolute. It, he's my favorite person. To write with that I've uh, ever worked with, honestly. Um, so he was actually in a band called The Globes before that, which I know he'll, when he hears this, he'll probably be mad that I said it. He, <laughs> he doesn't like talking about it that much, but I, we used to play shows at The Globes, and you know they were signed to Barsook uh, here yeah. in Seattle, and they were doing some cool stuff. I always thought they were like just such a good band, and every time I'd see them when we play shows and I was like man I just I would love to write a song with that guy or just work on something with him and so this actually started out of uh, one of the last Lonely Forest shows at Sasquatch Festival in 2014 um, he was there his girlfriend is a very talented photographer who shoots for like Rolling Stone and a bunch of other people mm. and I saw him there and honestly I was probably had like way too many beers in me <laughs> And I was like, dude, we should start a band, or like, we should record, or I don't know, blah, 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 blah. And then by that November, we were working on stuff. And yeah, so no, Eric is a, he's a sweetheart. I think he's like one of those talented people I've ever met. And he's, he, he played all the bass on the record. Okay. He's just, I, I can't say enough awesome things about uh, Eric and we're also we're very similar. We're also really laid back mm. and kind of just want it to be a fun process. You know, there's no ego involved, which is something I really enjoy about this group of people. Like everyone is just doing it for the sake of making songs that we like, cool. which is how I think it should be. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And so you mentioned when you were in Lonely Forest, like you guys would bring chord progressions or whatever. Is that kind of how Soft Sleep is? You're writing most of the melodies and Eric comes in with some vocals or or lyrics, I mean? Uh, Yeah, so basically I have all these because I'm, not that I'm that old, but I'll be 33 next month. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe because I never really caught the like tech bug thing. Like, as I told you, I was like, I don't even have internet at my house because I'm a weirdo. Uh, I, I don't have internet, I don't have a TV, I don't have any of that. But and so I 
would always record demos, like guitar parts, to the this micro cassette recorder mm. that my grandpa gave me when I was a kid. That he was a he was an engineer, and he used to take notes on. Oh, awesome! And so you know, I got it and just started like I was like, oh, when I play my electric guitar unplugged, it almost sounds like it's plugged in, and it's a good way to just not forget things because I can be very forgetful. Mm-hmm. It's one of my worst qualities. Uh, like I'll never forget a face or a number if you like tell me I don't know like a, any kind of like number that is not important uh, like this happened once a friend who was having like credit card fraud he's like remember this confirmation number and he was like write it down and I was like no no that's no, cool I got it you know and I spout off like 20 digit number but uh yeah so anyways I forget things so the micro recorder is how like I've kept track of my ideas and I realize now I could probably just use Pro Tools or GarageBand or even the iPhone recording thing, which I have done a few times, but I always end up accidentally deleting it. Uh, <laughs> something about being able to hold the cassette tape and actually push the button helps me uh, not destroy it or something because it's an object to take care of. Yeah. But so, yeah, no, it started with just I had all these chord progressions and like we rearranged some of them and done something like that but like one of my favorite things is that Eric is just literally he won't write lyrics we did the record in like batches of songs Okay. so we'd do like two or three at a time and he'd write the lyrics like ten minutes before vocal takes oh wow and somehow it was a total accident we realized the record ended up being it's totally cohesive and like is kind of a story without it, it like it is truly subconscious no one meant it to be this way and he's kind of like me like if you sit and think about an idea for too long or obsess over it you probably just do worse work mm-hmm. uh, it's better just to see what sort of happens and that's how we have treated the, the whole record making process so when you guys were writing in batches um you released a seven inch earlier this year. Were those the first two songs that you kind of recorded or what was this writing process like yeah. specifically like for the album? So, though. Okay. So those songs, we like one of the song unravel the a side to it mm-hmm. was a chord progression. That I would just play uh, at lonely forest practices to like warm up. And we always, we would talk about it, like, oh, we should make that a song, or oh, we should work on it, and it just never really happened. It just was just a thing that would happen at okay. practice. Okay. And so finally, I just decided to finish writing it, I guess, and add other stuff to it. And uh, the the other the other song was just a thought I had like a few days before recording, and it's maybe why I feel like the most insecure about that song mm. and not that I don't like it or anything but it, I feel a little exposed to me or something because I did sort of rush it okay um well you know the, that first seven inch we did it in a I tracked guitars in a day and then we booked like a a real day with everyone there and tracked everything else and that but that was fun because we you know uh chris walla from death camp for cutie mm-hmm. came and played some bass and keys on it and uh a handful of other friends just 
sort of threw stuff in here and there and I just I guess I was so eager to you know with any lonely force I just wanted to get something out there just I guess making a, for lack of a better term a statement but like I was starting something else mm-hmm. and continuing to work in the music industry and I just I felt like a little bit of pressure to remain relevant's not the right word but just to keep going and to get something done fast and before we move on to the new stuff that Tony has been working on I wanted to play a little bit of Unravel which is that A side from their debut EP which is available for purchase so here it is Unravel by Soft Sleep I liked those songs, but like I said, they don't really fit in necessarily with the full length. Will they be on the full uh, length? But, well, no, they will not. They, okay. Those are, we're keeping those strictly to the seven inch. Um, cool. Which I'm a fan of because I think it actually shows the progression of what has even happened in the last year, year plus. Yeah. Like you, you can hear, I think some of the only four signs, you can hear some of what ends up being on this soft sleep record, but, it is its own thing. Like it, it's like growing pains. Even when I like every once in a while, will go back and listen to the Lonely Forest catalog. I can hear it all happening there too. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I can see where we were trying to do this thing, or we were slowly moving on to this next phase or concept. And it, it, things always end up different than you want them to be, or think they will be. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like even um, like I had obviously heard the seven inch, the two songs, and you had sent me earlier today the the new single that's coming out, and it, not not that they were night and day, but I could definitely feel the the progression in what you're writing, and I was just curious, and it makes sense that it's kind of not part of the same set of song projects. Yeah, for sure. That and what's funny is that is also. Uh, what I say, Heartbeats, the single, that yeah. uh, is once again like a old guitar part I just used to play once again like for warm-ups mm-hmm. and then just became very attached to it and 
Eric had vocal ideas and instantly we were just like, oh, this is a, it's actually a song. Cool. So yeah, let's talk about kind of how that Heartbeats came about. So it was, you just, a lot of your stuff seems to just be older riffs you had in mind and uh, when Eric yeah, came the in. Record is, <laughs> yeah, the record Yeah, the record's pretty 50-50. It's like half is old stuff laying around and some of it was just like on the spot like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I try to just be very off the cuff with a lot of it I, I'd like to think it's uh, good I try to be my own worst critic but <laughs> I guess that you know opinions are opinions so someone might think it's the worst thing they ever heard which I totally respect <laughs> uh, yeah it's very half and half some of it was just some old stuff that I needed to get out of my system because it was driving me crazy and Heartbeats is one of those songs. Uh, I think I probably actually originally started playing that guitar part when I was like, I don't know, maybe even like 17 or oh, something. Wow. <laughs> and it's actually cool to see it come to fruition now, you know, like, like I said, I'm only 33 and it's just now coming out on a record and has been like fully realized into what it probably should be. And it's probably best that we didn't make it only forcing then because it wasn't, I hadn't really thought about it. It was, it was just something to something to play. That's awesome. And um, you you sent me the rough cut of a music video, which will be coming out soon, I'm assuming. Um, it's a pretty yeah. cool uh, concept. How, how, how do you, I mean, a lot of people say music videos are kind of dead, but I think they're really awesome still and I love watching them. How do you come up with a concept or... Um, how how important is that to the song? Uh, well, that's a, that's a good question. So, in Lonely Forest, I was rarely happy with any of the outcomes of our videos. Mm. That might hurt some people's feelings. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, like, the We Sing in Time video is a total mess. <laughs> I like to turn off this song. The idea with that was literally that I don't know I grew up watching the wonder years as a lot of people probably did yeah, yeah. and the intro thing where it's all shot in super eight and it's just them hanging out yeah I, I wanted it to be that or literally we just hired a camera crew to film our fourth of July in oh, cool. super eight and that's just what you're seeing is quite literally what we did that day we like rode our bikes around bought fireworks crashed a parade and we're just like generally kind of jackasses uh I think that one it came out well. It looks honest, and so the heartbeats video. You know, it, it's it's funny to me that like the Twin Peaks has become like such a big thing for, I guess, my generation because I remember it being on TV when I was a kid, yeah. and I like my mom wouldn't let me watch it because she said it was like dark or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and but it, you know it really captured especially like all the Black Lodge stuff, it, it has that weird sense of like dreaming or like a nightmare or, and I've always been sort of obsessed with sleep and dreaming maybe because I've always had sleep issues mm. and my dreams have always been really vivid and totally nuts. Hence the band name Soft Sleep is literally a thing I used to say to my doctor when he'd ask how my sleep was going, I'd say, well, I'm getting very soft sleep. I'm oh. not getting any of that, like, you know, good hard sleep. Yeah where you actually feel like you're asleep. And that phrase always stuck in my head, hence the band name, blah, blah, blah. 
but so the the concept of the video, I guess, when people see it, is that it it's just supposed to feel like a a bad dream and a bit incohesive and confusing, like that feeling of like stress when you can't sleep or anxiety, and uh, with the weird like Lynchian tone mm. of like you, where you're like, is this a nightmare or is it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't really know. And this all seems kind of out of order and doesn't make sense. Like, uh, so we actually, we used this stage. Uh, my fiance, she's a choreographer and mm. she had just done this musical and they had this really beautiful stage with these light up stairs and all this cool stuff. And the second I went to one of her rehearsals, it's like, you have to let me use the stairs. Mm. Like, I need to use these for something. And those are the stairs you see in the video. And like, there was that random cake laying around, hence me climbing in and out of the birthday cake and coming out <laughs> in a dress. Like, it was just kind of thing where I just make it uncomfortable and yeah. hopefully, kind of thing where I hope people are entertained and also maybe feel a bit uncomfortable because they don't really understand what's happening. Yeah, Because I, I couldn't even tell you what's happening. To me, it just is like literally like a dream I would have. Yeah. That's definitely, I, I get that vibe for sure. Has that, like with the, yeah, with the I I don't want to describe it because people will have to just watch it. When's uh, the music video coming out? When the single comes out? Uh, I think we're gonna push it by this a little bit. Like okay. first, the the single will be on like uh, you know Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then we'll either we probably <laughs> I should probably have more definitive answer than this, but we're either gonna put it out later in October or in November. Uh, just sort of hinging on a few other things. And once again, like you said, in the age of like where I don't know if music videos matter, I just like them, and so it was important to me to make one. For sure. For it. And one that matched the sort of like panicked anxiety feeling of the song. Like, uh Yeah. Like, I, when I listen to the song, it still like kind of gives me anxiety. Maybe this is because I'm a neurotic person, but <laughs> it has a, I think it has like an urgent feeling to it, and I, I think the video portrays that pretty well. And you might not have a solid answer for this, but um, when can we expect the album? Uh, January. Cool. I, we, I'm like. 99% sure on the date, but I don't want to say it and then be called a liar later. No, for sure. So, so. Uh, I think like mid January is the goal. Cool. Uh, we just been, you know, going from like in the only force, we were tied into that weird, like big indie label slash major label machine. Yeah. Like- and with this band, I've tried my best to sort of handle all those jobs of my own because mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know a lot of other bands have whatever had more intense experiences and all that, but for us, like the shift from like Atlantic to Universal and then to nothing, it was it was it was a lot to deal with. And there's all you know, if you even want to like change the font on the front of your record before before it's even come out, it turns into like an email chain to like twenty or thirty people and. And then some guy you've never met tells you why the font is not right. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, this purposely, like, working with a very small Seattle vinyl-only label, and then uh, we're now running our publishing through uh, Bank Robber, 
slash Rough Trade, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like a very reputable, cool, independent publisher. And so we're just trying to do it where, like, we have, we can control everything. And I don't know, maybe The Lonely Forest made me a control freak. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Well, just I mean, feeling so many times, like, things were out of our control. No, that's definitely, I think, the bummer. Uh, I mean, I've, I've never been in a band or, you know, made it big where there's a label involved, obviously. But I think that would be the biggest bummer where it's like you become on this, you're on an album cycle, a tour cycle. Okay, let's go back into the, and record for the next album cycle. Uh, it must get That must get tiring. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, you know, like I said, definitely plenty of bands toured harder and had it tougher than us in general, but uh, you do get burnt out when, you know, you've toured like eight months out of the year, maybe even nine months out of the year, and you've been playing the same, like, 13 songs every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can make it hard to be creative or to even want to be creative. Sure. And uh, and then, yeah, you just you have so many opinions coming at you all the time. It's uh, it's bet. very frustrating. And um, you mentioned that this album was kind of recorded a while back. Are, do you already have a next set of songs ready to go? Or uh, yeah, actually, the goal uh, is to start tracking the second record um, probably this winter. Like we were gonna try to do it next start next month, but mm-hmm. things are just I don't know. Like the holidays are coming up, and I'm like. I'm getting married next month and just all this so we're realizing like maybe January is a better starting point sure and uh, uh so yeah but and the next record I actually want like cause we took so long to make this one like yeah. it literally took a year like we started January 3rd and then we finished the next January 3rd and oh. then we mixed it a little bit after that um the next one I kind of want to just crank out and maybe be able to follow up the LP sooner than later. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, I will let you go with that because I want you to be prepared for your birthday and wedding next month. <laughs> so that's a busy month, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. That's awesome. Um, so we can find the band at softsleepband.com. And, uh, Correct. Your soft sleep band camp will be where we can get the seven inch and the single. Yes, and then also, uh, yeah, like I said, iTunes and Spotify. Like we've purposely held on on Spotify, but that'll be up soon. And then obviously there's Twitter and Instagram and all that junk. Awesome. Well, thank- and to keep it streamlined, it's all soft sleep band because I'll forget my password, the username, if I make it anything else. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tony, for talking to me. Yeah, thank you. All right, you have a good one. You too. All right, bye. Bye. That's it for this episode of Internal Review. Sorry that I couldn't play Heartbeats by Soft Sleep. The band is premiering it on Sunday the 9th, and I didn't want to spoil it for them. You could check out the band at softsleepband.com. That's all of their social media is the same as well. Again, I want to thank my friend Liam McCormick, a.k.a. Yellowbird, for letting me use the song Frogtown for my intro and extra music. You could go to yellowbird.com slash donate 
to help raise funds for his new album, You're Already in Paradise. Remember, that's Yellowbird, three Ds at the end. As always, you can find me on vitcabbage.com, on Twitter, at vitcabbage. And then we also have some social media for internal review. Be sure to like that and follow all of those. Please subscribe on iTunes. This should be on Stitcher soon enough if you prefer that, but iTunes is the place to go right now. You guys can leave a review and that would be amazing. That's it for me. Hope to talk to you guys next week. You have a good one.